make sure that we have all the appropriate stud work done for the doors make sure that the fire glazing is put in correctly on the right side they're using the right product incorporated the fire alarm I'm your host, Julian Spatero. You're listening to the Hager 360 podcast. On this episode, we're back for part two of our fire safety discussion. Later in the episode, I will be providing safety tips for tenants. Stick around to learn how you can protect yourself from fires if you live in an apartment or condo. Now we're joined by Cheryl Simon, manager of Hager's Architectural Specification Consultants, Brian Clark, Director of Architectural Specifications, and Kevin Tisch, Manager of Architectural Specification Writers. Thank you all for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having us, Julianne. So Cheryl, let's start by talking about how an architect can keep up with the latest building code requirements that are necessary during the construction of a building as it relates to fire safety. Thank you, Julianne. That's a great question. But before I can give you the short answer to the question, I need to give you some data and review the procedures regarding code compliance. As an example, building codes, fire codes, as well as NFPA are only a few of the guidelines that must be followed by design professionals when designing new buildings or even in renovations of existing buildings. To confuse things more, many jurisdictions do not adopt the building code that's currently published, and many also publish amendments to the adopted code to cover local conditions and policies. The NFPA alone currently publishes more than 300 consensus codes and standards, and you have to think all of these are actually living documents, so they're constantly changing. So, Julianne, as you can imagine, it would be impossible for a design professional to remember or stay on top of every code and standard. So let's figure out where they even begin. The first thing the design professional will do is to contact the local building code department to determine which codes are gonna be used and how they're gonna affect their project. And this must be done on every project. Just as an example, the small town that I live in actually is divided into two separate counties. And even though both counties have adopted the 2012 IBC, they both have also added amendments to that 2012 IBC. So the same building print built at one end of town could have different building codes applicable to the same building built at another part of town. So Julianne, in a nutshell, it isn't as important the design professionals stay on top of every code and know every requirement. The most important thing is that they know which codes are applicable to their project. Thank you for all of that, Cheryl. And another question, two elements at the forefront of consulting are design development assistance and code compliance. Can you speak to both of these? Sure, that's a great question. It's really important to make sure that any consultants that you are incorporating into your project also be aware of the appropriate building codes, particularly when it comes to openings and fire safety. Now just think about it, when a doorway is cut in a fire restrictive wall, all the protection then is eliminated. So when the door is installed, as well as any hardware that's gonna be on that door, it all has to be in accordance with appropriate fire codes. And this is where a really knowledgeable consultant can be invaluable. And also, can you describe the hardware submittal review process? 
that is really, really important. The submittal stage is the best place to find any errors, deletions, substitutions, anything that might affect those fire ratings prior to installation. Because after those products are installed, bringing those openings up to code could be very valuable. And most of the time, it's gonna have to happen before the building can actually gain occupancy. Uh, unfortunately, if non-compliancy is not obtained or addressed prior to occupancy, then we can witness sometimes the loss of property and even worse than that, the loss of life. And that's what we're all trying to prevent. Exactly. To me, the submittal process is the most important because that's when you actually finally bring all the details from the project together. Because you can have multiple different manufacturers and each manufacturer may have specific requirements that apply to the door, to the frame, whatever the case may be, but then we finally get the final information of which products will be used and we can use that submittal process in order to ensure that all products work together to provide that assembly that's necessary to protect the, the yeah. fire rating. And, and right along with that same, same line uh, as far as do verifying the product, it's the last opportunity that we get to make sure that all the coordination is, is done appropriately and correctly between all the trades to make sure that we have all the appropriate stud work done for the doors make sure that the fire glazing is put in correctly on the right side they're using the right product um, we, that we've incorporated the fire alarm um, individuals if we have electronic access control products that require the release during certain times during an emergency so it's our last chance to make sure all coordination is done between all trades and moving forward more on fire safety why are annual fire door inspections so important? Personally, I think that, that we need to first start off with a base of fire door inspection. So we need to have that before the, the project is complete, which is why we have that guideline in our specification that a fire door inspection is supposed to happen before substantial completion. That way we know that that building is starting off with the best possible chance of being maintained moving forward. And then, of course, every year, as we talked about previously in, in the previous segment, we had the section where we're talking about adjusting closures and making sure doors continue to close and latch throughout the building throughout its life cycle. Because as parts wear, they do, they do wear. You know, as the, the building ages, it can shift. Um, there's definitely movement that happens with the ground that causes openings to not work correctly. We have to be continually adjusting these things to ensure that they operate properly. Yeah, and as Kevin mentioned, the certified fire door inspection that we're that we are trying to incorporate into the specification to make sure that it gets out and and done prior to substantial completion. One of the things that it's going to do is it's going to help protect the owner. It's going to help protect the architect, the contractor, the installer, the distributor. It's going to help everybody in that entire loop to make sure that. The doors are installed appropriately, correctly, with the right hardware from day one. So it, it's just another level of securing a building for fire and making sure that the fire doesn't spread and save lives at that point in time. And how can a person become a certified fire door inspector? There's many different ways to do it. We have multiple types of education that you can do, DHI. Um, which is Door and Hardware Institution, has a um, DAI 
500 class that they put on, um, t most typically about twice a year through that class. It's an intense um, study lesson about codes and standards which affect fire doors, egress doors, things of that manner. And at the end of it, you're allowed to, if you choose to take it at that point in time, take an exam. And if you pass the exam, you get you are then become a certified fire door inspector. And it's through Warnock Hersey, I believe, is who the um, certification actually is through. You have to be, you have to maintain um, every three years. You have to go through a certain amount of education and have a certain amount of credit so that you keep that certification up and you learn codes as they become available and as they change um, that's the biggest thing right there and just having a love of fire doors and making sure that people stay safe that's the biggest thing and the only thing i would add there is is the class not only teaches you about the codes and the standards but also teaches you techniques for inspecting them so it's not just a matter of of the class but it it's also gives you the techniques and the tools to go out and apply the knowledge that you're learning now, of course, there's there's other organizations that offer some certified fire door inspection training as well. And, of course, egress doors come into that same inspection criteria, so therefore we cover both fire-rated doors as well as non-fire-rated doors. For example, like your front door may be an aluminum entrance and it's not actually a fire-rated door, but that may be the main entry to get out of the building. So we still want to make sure that that door is maintained properly so egress is possible to get out to that public way and get to the safe spot. Correct, and no different than what we were talking about in the previous episode where we were talking about that vertical exit out of the building. That exterior door isn't typically going to be fire rated. won't say always not be fire rated, but most typically it's not fire rated. But the last thing you want to do is have that stairwell tower full of individuals and they cannot get out that bottom door to get to that public way to get to safety. Is there education available to property maintenance companies or building owners to learn about fire door inspections and general fire door safety? That's going to be the same way to go about becoming it because a lot of the individuals that we see attend these classes, a lot of them are end users or property management individuals because there's, within the certification um, aspect there's a couple of different ways to have your doors inspected either by a third party independent where you're getting them um, a third of your doors it, rather you get your doors inspected on a yearly and or a program that you can set your building up to where you have internal staff let's say you have a large hospital and you have a large campus and you have 3,000 doors to try to have 3,000 doors inspected in one year is almost impossible to do. You would have somebody going around to every single door, trying to at least, throughout the entire year. So they have different programs for those types of buildings that they're able to have their doors inspected by their maintenance people, but their maintenance people are trained. And they typically will have one individual that is the certified inspector and they all work up underneath them. So they have certificates to do that inspection. But then that's also agreement between them and the AHJ, which is the authority having jurisdiction or the fire marshal in their, in their area that allows them to do that. But they have to have that written contract with that environment to make that happen. Yeah, I would, I would state that that's, you know, all, all relevant to the classes, and the classes even go down to a more basic level and, and talk about what these pieces of hardware are. 
and they show you that and they give you the physical samples in front of you so that you can see what it is so that when you go to inspect and open you understand the differences in some of the hinges uh, you know what an exit device is the differences in some of these lock sets and lock set styles so they, they actually do give you that hardware basic knowledge before moving you up to doing the codes and then, and then of course the inspection not just that even during some of the classes they'll explain all that stuff but then they'll also explain that there are fixes and give you some not necessarily the the perfect piece for every scenario but they'll lead you to the right direction so that you can look at different manufacturers with different products to solve some of the solutions that may be present yeah and then of course there's you know always installation instructions maintenance tips maintenance instructions that should be part of the your building's documentation from when it was built there should be an operation and, and maintenance manual that's there as a tool for those maintenance people on staff to be able to have all those installation instructions and, and that material ready for them so they can look that up and, and apply that at the opening. Quite often manufacturers have YouTube videos to help with installation and, and things like that as well. So all these are great places for education that isn't necessarily a paid force. I mean, we, we, want, you, we want the public to gain more knowledge through these classes, but at the same time, there's a lot of resources that they'll need and they'll learn what these resources are that are free during some of these classes as well. Yep, and if they understand the manufacturers that they have on their doors, as Kevin mentioned earlier, a lot of them have their own videos online on how to do the maintenance of the product and everything else. So that's something that they can also learn. And if needed, where can someone find a certified fire door inspector? So DHI, which would be the Door and Hardware Institute who offers the, the certified fire door and egress assembly inspector has a find a pro option on their website so if you go to their website which is dhi.org you'll find the find a pro up at the upper right hand side of their website and you can start to search by a certain credential which there you can plug in your cfdi and that would list all the certified fire door inspectors that have been certified through their program and if i remember correctly you can actually once you do that you can filter out through city and state also to find one that's close to you Thank you for providing all of those resources, and thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks, Julian, for having us. Thanks for having us, Julian. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Now in this segment, I'd like to give you some safety tips for tenants. Entry doors in apartments or condos should be fire rated. This means they're required to be self-closing and self-latching. You can test to see if an entry door is self-closing and self-latching. Open the doors to 90 degrees and let the door go. Ask yourself these two questions. Did the door close completely under its own power? Did the latch bolt engage in the strike? If the door didn't completely close under its own power or the latch bolt didn't engage in the strike, you should contact your building management company. I want to remind you that Hager University recently launched a new lesson. This 14-minute lesson will introduce you to the NFPA and how their codes affect the door hardware industry. You can email Hager University at hagerco.com if you have any questions on how to access this lesson. You can stay up to date with all things Hager by visiting our website at hagerco.com. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hager Companies. Hager provides you a full circle of elevated support and service on your journey from pre to post construction. Thanks for listening to the Hager 360 podcast. And remember, 
You can always connect with us at any point in your project journey.